Hello, everyone, and welcome to Reframed Podcast. Uh, you know the drill with this. Um, this is a mental health podcast, and uh, the themes, the topics, the things that we uh, talk about are of a mental health nature, and this podcast should not uh, replace or serve as traditional uh, therapy that you would receive from a mental health professional. If you feel like you are in need of one, um, I highly encourage you to seek one out. And uh, uh, that being said, uh, if you are in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you're looking for one, um, I'd be happy to talk to you about the possibility of uh, beginning a uh, therapeutic, a professional relationship um, with that of counseling. So uh, if you're interested, uh, you can uh, contact me directly, um, either through our show uh, email address, which is reframedpod at gmail.com, um, or you can um, you know check us out. Um, you can get inf- more information about uh, contacting me and interacting with me on uh, my professional webpage of chasemckinney.com. It's Chase like the bank, McKinney like the city here in Texas, M-C-K-I-N-N-E-Y. That's chasemckinney.com. This episode of Reframed Podcast is dedicated to Stan Lee. Thank you. As the uh, initial blurb from this particular podcast uh, stated, um, you know, this show is dedicated to the life of Stan Lee, who was a force to be reckoned with and a cre- the creator of uh, countless characters that we know and love in Marvel Comics. And um, this episode is dedicated to him. And um, hopefully we'll be able to have a few people uh, share their opinions either through live recording, um, through just comments about their experiences with him, Um, So we're going to take a step back from actually talking about um, a particular piece of media. In fact, we're going to use this episode to talk about the creator of uh, a lot of the media that we um, that we know and love from the Marvel Cinematic Universe to uh, the actual Marvel Comics, Marvel Comics that uh, that he worked with uh, with a guy named Jack Kirby. Recently, I was able to collect some stories as well to uh, showcase, to have this tribute towards Stan the Man. And uh, I realized that this is uh, a very major blow uh, to the convention community, the comic community, uh, to all of uh, geekdom. Uh, But, you know, Stan has made an indelible mark on so many people, uh, whether they picked up a comic book or not, uh, he has just done phenomenal things and the impact that he has made, um, it just, it almost transcends, uh, human understanding. And I don't know if that's just going over the top with that or what, but, uh, you know, had it not been for the movies, uh, really the X-Men movies that came out um, in, I think, like 2000 and stuff like that. Um, 
or even let's go back a little bit more. Had it not been for the X-Men cartoon series, I don't even know if I really would have paid much attention uh, to comics and comic books in general. Um, I didn't read too many uh, comic books or graphic novels. My entry was particularly with the the TV shows and with the movies. But there have been other people that have um, just like they've devoured this stuff and they just love this stuff. I mean, what's not to love about a dude that has like you know blades coming out of his his uh, knuckles basically and can you know regenerate their health and heal you know like that type of thing. I mean, that's just, that's pretty stupid cool. Uh, the There have been a lot of characters that have really uh, resonated with me. And I think the two, in terms of the movies, that have really, um, really, really impacted me have been um, the Chris Evans portrayal of Captain America, um, as well as Chris Pratt's portrayal of uh, Peter Quill or Star-Lord, whatever you want to call him, you know, legendary outlaw, that guy. Uh, anyway, uh, part of the reason is that um, Chris Evans' uh, depiction of Captain America, and just the character of Captain America um, in general, um, I feel like we, or I believe that we, we look at things in a similar fashion. And um, I remember reading um, an article or reading a quote that Chris Evans had based his portrayal of Cap off of an Eagle Scout friend of his uh, for um, uh, the Winter Soldier movie, so the second Captain America movie. And uh, that just uh, really, really... Um, you know, hit home for me um, that this, not only this, the actor, but the character itself is like looking at it from um, like the same light, the same fashion, the same angle that I might look at things and examine things and make decisions or how I might make decisions. So I just really love that. And not only that, but, you know, like, um, I don't. I think I might have mentioned it like in episode zero or something like that, or or maybe not. I don't know. Regardless, uh, you know, when I was in college, um, I was a political science major, and one of the things that I would focus on, or that I did focus on for my final capstone project, my my big research, my stand and deliver type of thing that I had to do for my poli sci degree, my political science degree. For those that don't know what poli sci is, um, was um, doing this project that looked, I, I specifically chose rhetoric, um, between two pres presidents. Um, it was Truman and Eisenhower, and I was looking at how their rhetoric affected, uh, the overall, um, culture more or less of the cold war and red scare and things like that, that was going on at the time with, um, you know, between Russia and uh, the United States, or the Soviet, sorry, the Soviet Union at the time, and the United States, and um, you know the fact that that Captain America was, you know, right around the same time that all that stuff was going on, that that was a major cultural thing, um, that that added to like even more love that I have um, for the character, and 
I just think Cap is is phenomenal. Um, he's definitely um, one of my favorites, if not my favorite, in the Marvel universe. There are a lot of other characters that I think are really cool, but Cap is my guy. Um, I did read the Infinity Gauntlet um, graphic novel uh, that came out, I think, in the '90s, '80s or '90s, something like that. And I thought it was great, and I think it was very true um, to what happened in the Infinity War movie. Um, it definitely took uh, different pieces from it, and then there were other. There was another comic that um, you know they drew from as well. I think it was just called Infinity or something like that. Um, y'all that read will know this better than me. Um, just being, being honest with you on that part. So, um, apart from that, like the other character that I was telling you about was, uh, Peter Quill and Star-Lord. And, uh, I don't know, there's just something about the guy that, uh, I mean, he's got like the witty banter type of thing going on. Um, and he's also got like something going on like with family and, you know, who he chooses to be his family and things like that. And um, there's something about about that character that um, I really love and really resonates with me. So and there are other people that have similar stories um, that we'll share um, here in a second uh, regarding this. So um, anyways, that'll be that for now. So let's go ahead and get to our first story. I have Anna Davis, um, if that's even your real name. Ooh, one of my many aliases. There we go. And uh, a friend of mine from the uh, the comic scene, the Comic Con scene. Uh, we've known each other what three years, four years? I think about Something four like now. Yeah. About four years. Um, it's our tradition every con to take some derpy photos together, which is like I think one of my favorite things from Tom whenever I get to see you so oh that makes me feel good I love yeah. the herpes derps they're my favorite part too <laughs> well we got to make sure we keep doing that but um anyway thanks for thanks for being willing to do this Anna really appreciate it yeah of course happy to be here so um as you heard recently um the legendary Stanley uh recently passed away and um what I'm just wanting to do is just get some people's takes on, um, you know, what Stan the Man uh, meant meant to people. So, I mean, do you have any stories or any experiences um, or just movies that you really liked that he was a part of? Well, you know, I did only get to see Stan the once. We were at Nerd Year's Eve and he, you know, came in. It was kind of one of those last minute, I didn't expect a chance to really get to meet him. Um, he was there for Nerd Year's Eve um, briefly, and they were doing the world record challenge to get to get as many cosplayers as you could in a room. I had no idea and showed up as Wonder Woman. So <laughs> a little embarrassing to be a DC character uh, when you have the creator of the Marvel Universe there. But it was so nice because he just seemed really humble and down to earth. He let, you know, we got a chance to sing him happy birthday because it was his birthday that week. And it was really just a wonderful experience to get to see more of the human side of him. Um, nice. He was, he's just kind of reminded me of a sweet little grandpa, you know, of course I know that's in his later life, but he felt like someone that if I met him 
on the subway or met him in passing that he would be really open and really excited to talk to me, even though I was just, you know, a nerdy cosplayer who's enamored with his work that he wouldn't, you know, be one to shut out his fans. And I, I definitely saw that, you know, he still was doing the cosplay circuit and the con circuit as long as he could, which, you know, sometimes wasn't best for his health. And, you know, my heart went out for him when he lost his wife, but he still wanted to do cons. That meant a lot to us in the, in the community. Um, we had, we had a scare. What was it like about a year ago or more? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When- he was supposed to come, I think, to one of the Dallas conventions, and he had some kind of health scare and had to cancel last minute. Yeah, that was, I think, pneumonia, wasn't it? It was something like that, yeah. Yeah, it, but, you know, it, he always would bounce back, and that's what was really so important is to see him come back from, you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, is this it? And then he would come back and he would come back stronger and he would still keep, you know, coming out because he loved his fans. You could see that. Yeah. You, know, you could really see it in the pictures he took and the way that he interacted, you know, that he kept going, even though, you know, it's not like he needed the money or he needed, to, you know, the exposure. He did it because he wanted to be there for the people who enjoyed his work. Absolutely. Yeah. And I know. I, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I know I love the adaptations of the movies. The cameos always made me smile, like, where is he going to be? Where is he going to be? Right. So, yeah. I think someone suggested they should switch him out with Deadpool now. Deadpool does all the cameos. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, like the the Chris Hemsworths, the the Robert Downeys, the, you know, all those folks, they're, they're the stars. But, you know, Stan Lee is just as much of a star in each of those each of those Marvel movies um, as, as the headliners. And um, yeah, that, that's been one of my favorite things to, to experience is like, where's he going to pop up? And um, my wife recently posted something on uh, Facebook um, or Instagram, something like that. Like, what's your favorite Stanley cameo? And mine is from um, actually the Sony Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Um, when it, w- it was with the Andrew Garfield, amazing Spider-Man movie. Um, it where he's in the library and he's like he has headphones on oh, and yeah. behind him and stuff and there's like a table about to hit him and like Spidey you know uses his like web to stop it and stuff it was, I just love it that's my favorite of all of them and it's not even like main Marvel it's great no that one was really good I did like that part I think my favorite would have to be when his wife and he were in oh gosh was that in the most it was one of the Avengers or I just remember how sweet it was to get to be like, oh, it's Dan's wife, too. So, was it the one where they're, like, standing outside their front door and they're, like, holding each other? Yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh, what was that? That Was that Avengers or was that, like, X-Men or something? I'm trying to remember. Oh, let me grab the tiny human. I think it, it – I just thought it was really sweet to have his wife be a part of it, though. Yeah. Uh, it was so nice to get a chance to – you know, see them in a tender moment together. Mm-hmm. They were, you know, they were, she's a regular person, you know, just like you and I, and so is he, you know, getting to see her be a part of it was so wonderful. Yeah. Hey, buddy. Yeah. My son, Ethan, decided to join us on Skype. <laughs> so. He said it wasn't fair that I was having all the fun. 
Right. So, <laughs> but yeah, I I definitely have. I'm very happy with the remakes of the movies, getting to see the new ones, the new Captain America, not the 1990s version. (laughs) Where he's wearing a motorcycle helmet. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Though I still love that one. It's so cheesy, but it's still wonderful. And it it just goes to show it stands the test of time, all his uh, work. He's gotten so many wonderful characters that you can write. I mean, how many Spider-Man have we had now? Four, five. No, just kidding. Well, it in in recent history, we've had three that I can remember, um, like live action. Like we had what Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. Um, gosh, what's the current guy's name? Why I'm totally spacing. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um. Anyway, we yeah. have we have those three, um, and then like not even counting like the animated series that you know came out at the same time as like the X Men cartoons yeah. as well so yeah anyway. <laughs> yeah uh, if you just wants to be a part of it <laughs> <laughs> but if i you... joke about there being four or five just because they've been so many remakes i know there's the three main movies but and, you know black widow's always struck a chord with me she's uh actually when we were having trouble having our son um I especially identified with her, um, with the red room and, you know, her struggles with wanting to be a mom and not being able to. And so that for me made the character all the more personal, you know, sometimes a little too real, but still wonderful to, um, have a character to identify with. She's, you know, he writes a lot of strong female leads. He doesn't just have them in the background. Yeah, yeah. Between Black Widow, Peggy Carter, Agent 13, um, you know, like your, your Gene Grays, your Storms, people like that. Um, and if I'm getting, like, characters mixed up with different creators and whatever. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he he is the architect of the Marvel Universe. Oh, yeah, definitely. And he always had a strong sense of right. He always wanted to be inclusive and make sure that people, you know, of all um, nationalities had a stage that everyone was equal and a part of the Marvel universe. He didn't, you know, he tried to push really hard for equality, even in his, when he was first starting out. So, yeah. I mean, can you get more American than punching Nazis, right? <laughs> punching Hitler in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If if you could, um, uh, if you could just you know say something to Stanley, what would you what would you say to him? What would you thank him for? I'd say thank you. I would tell Stan thank you for all he's done for the nerd community. I mean, he was the one to make sure that we all had heroes to look up to growing up. You know watching the cartoons as a child watching the live actions now yeah it's pretty pretty special to have heroes that you can relate to heroes that you can look up to and kind of get a little bit of escape from the real world with cool well um i want to thank you for for taking the time to do this um of course and um 
Anyway, I'd love to have you on for like another episode of something, some other kind of, uh, you know, media that you might be, you know, really well versed in that we can take a deeper dive into rather than just you know, thanking and appreciating Stan the Man. So, yeah, uh, that'd be great. If, um, if anyone wants to, uh, you know, follow you like with, you know, cosplay that might not already be doing it or want to connect with you, um, is there any like social media that they can do that with? Yeah, I have my Facebook and Instagram, uh, Sage Raw, S-A-G-E-R-A-W is okay. my Instagram page, and then Facebook at Sage Raw Cosplay. Excellent. Any underscore with the cosplay or no? No. Nope. Just one word? Just uh, No, it's got a space. Oh, Sage Raw Cosplay. Okay. Or Perfect. just for Facebook, yeah. Instagram okay. is just Sage Raw. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Anna. Um you have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks for having me on. Yep. All right, guys. Well, thank you uh, so much, Anna, for uh, for your uh, story, uh, what you're sharing about, um, um, you know, what you, you did with, you know, the cons and your experience with Stanley. Um, I have a, a friend of mine that I think I've known I think I've known you, Devin, for probably two or three, maybe close to four years now, um, just at various conventions here in the Dallas area. And um, um, I wanted to take the time to visit with you about um, Stan the Man and how, um, you know, he's impacted you um, um, in life, in, in geekdom and whatever, um, and just your overall experience with him. So I don't know if you have any cool stories or just... If there's a certain comic, I mean, however you want to take that, um, that stands out to you that's made an impact, um, let's hear about it. So um, go ahead and introduce yourself and, you know, take it away. Well, uh, my name is Devin Pike. I am America's sweetheart. Uh, that's what it says on my business card, so I'm going <laughs> to go with it. Um, I've been active in the uh, North Texas geek culture and entertainment community for the last three and a half decades. Um, and you don't do work in that space and not encounter people on a daily, hourly, minute-by-minute -minute basis without thinking about Stan Lee, whether it was before the – kids, there was a time not too long ago, about a decade ago, when Marvel movies didn't exist. The MCU was mm -hmm. just a couple of letters that you pulled out of a bowl of alphabet right. soup. And <laughs> – um, before that, you had a couple of uh, Fantastic Four movies that Tim Story tried to do. You had really, really bad TV movies that were – if you ever want to chuckle, take a look at the Avengers movie that was done on CBS in the late 70s, early 80s. Because I'm here to tell you, Lou Ferrigno had the most star power of mm -hmm. anyone in the Avengers at that point, and he didn't speak. He just grunted and smashed things. And he's, st and he's still going to Wizard World and, and doing all that stuff as the Hulk. That's amazing. That man is going to outlive us all. Of course, we said that about Stan as well. Um, but through it all, Stan would be this amazing figurehead. And he was the – he was – I mean – you, you can say what you want about you know, Marvel and rights and Jack Kirby and all of the different things that go on behind the scenes. But when it comes to people's memories of 
what Marvel comics were. And you'd look at Stan's soapbox in the back of the book. And sometimes it was just Stan saying Excelsior over and over again. And El Generalissimo. I used to do a really good Stan impersonation before my jaw got broken. Now it kind of hurts to even do that bit. But, um, yeah, Stan was always this, you know, the, the, the titan of comic books at that point. Mm-hmm. There was Stan Lee and, to a lesser extent, Jack Kirby. And then you get into, uh, like, Ed Brubaker and all those guys, the amazing writers who did these fantastic arcs with the characters. But through it all, it was Stan Lee. So whenever he would come to town, whether it was um, at Dallas Comic-Con or Dallas Fantasy Fair, it would always be this great big stir. And then... Uh, you had the Marvel movies starting with uh, John Favreau's Iron Man kicking mm-hmm. off this amazing decade where Marvel just took over pop culture knowledge and reference. And through it all, you had those Stan Lee cameos. And the cult of Stan was really something <laughs> that was, I mean, I, people would line up. I mean, in, in the early days, uh, before they moved to uh, the K. Bailey Hutchinson Center, but after they had go on, gone from Richardson, Dallas Comic-Con had a few years where their big show was at the Irving Convention Center. And I remember, I want to say it was 2011, I think, was Stan's appearance there. And the, the Friday line, Friday, when there was nothing else going on at the show, except Stan was signing. Mm-hmm. And the line for that went out out of the building and basically around the building itself. And the man was into, indefatigable. At that point, he would have been 86, 87 and just signed everything. He did the photo ops and just this beatific look on his face. Like he was so happy to see after decades of comics being vilified and marginalized, and fandom really, you know, we, we all got stuffed in lockers as kids. It happened. We all, but now the geek has inherited the earth. And Stan was there to witness it all. And just very, very happy to see these fans, you know, come to pay homage. And it was great. It was a great time to see that transition into that uh, phase of Stan's life where he was the godfather he was the person that people would you know come to pay homage to get that photo of get that um uh, uh, amazing x-men 17 or um I, I don't remember the issue numbers because sadly i'm not as big a comic fan as a lot of my friends are right but right. they would give me their issues and say please get stan to sign this and they'd fork over like hundreds of dollars to do so and i'd I don't have anything going on today. Might as well go stand in the line and go see Stan. <laughs> I, um, I don't know if you ever watched um, this particular show in the, the 90s, Devin, but uh, Boy Meets World, yep. uh, there was a character, um, I think it was around like season, gosh, two or three, uh, Mr. Turner. He was the, the young hip teacher uh, for Corey and Sean and the gang from Boy Meets World. And one of his assignments was um, making them read X-Men. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mr. Feeney was like having a conniption about it. And, you know, we can only speculate now, but I, I don't know of, a, of an instance of Stan talking about it. But I wonder how he would have reacted 
or what how he reacted to um, you know a teacher assigning a comic book for an English class. Um, there was a Q and A that Mark Walters did with Stan. I want to say uh, it was that 2011 show or 2012, um, and he was asked about the impact that. Um, Marvel Comics would have in education because there were teachers that would um, look at graphic novels and comic books as curriculum, whether it was uh, DC's Watchmen or the X-Men or uh, even uh, the the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, where you would look at that as an allegory to um, outsiders, to homosexuality, to acceptance to uh, mental illness mm-hmm. and um, Stan said that giving the giving the comic writers the framework to be able to address those modern day issues even decades later after the issue was published was one of the most um, uh, gratifying parts of his job mm-hmm. that's that's so cool and, and I can remember watching that episode of Boy Meets World, I realize we're talking about Stanley, but I I, I remember watching that. that <laughs> Let us become episode. a Boy Meets World podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start a podcast. Sure. <laughs> um, but like I remember watching that uh, when I was much younger, when that actually came out, and just thinking how cool it would have been if you know my fifth or sixth or you know whatever grade teacher would have been able to sign something like that. Um, but like the message that they they came across, you know, like. You know, if you can understand this, you can understand like, you know, a lot more dense material and stuff. So anyways, that was that was really cool that they used a Marvel um, Marvel material uh, to do something like that. So, um, you know, apart apart from from that, um, have you had any like uh, deeply personal um, uh, meetings or impact or been deeply impacted uh, by Stan himself in a direct manner? Well, there was the show that um, it's sometimes painful to talk about because of the uh, the way that it wound up. But Marvelous New Year's Eve was a show that I was involved with the production of in 2016, where Stan's birthday was on December 29th. And... That's generally not a time that you throw a con. It was a, it was a hard sell. The financials wound up being really really hard to swallow, and there were a lot of issues with that um, show. But one of the things that I will always remember is helping to produce the birthday roast for Stan, and the guests. Uh, it was hosted by Brian O'Halloran from Clerks, played Dante. Uh, mm-hmm. The guests were Ming-Na Wen, who at the time was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Michael Rooker, of course, from Guardians of the Galaxy, Ming Chen from uh, from Comic Book Men, uh, Maurice LaMarche and Rob Paulson, Pinky and the Brain, um, Marilyn Gigliotti from Clerks, and Sean Gunn, also from Guardians. And that roast was so fun to produce because every writer that because we the way a roast works is it's not generally the people who are up there roasting who have written the jokes unless they're already comedians and amazing writers to begin with (laughs) most of the time you'll provide them with a stack of jokes they'll say no i'm not doing that one yes i'm doing that one but all the writers 
took about five minutes to say, what the hell can we say about Stan Lee? I mean, the, the, <laughs> man, is a, the, the man is a living god, and he will outlive us all. It will be him and Keith Richards standing on our ashes when everything else is gone to hell. But um, there were all these amazing jokes that were written. Our writer's room was great. Jason Bunch was and, uh, and Danny Gallagher led the writer's room for that. And on top of an original Pinky in the Brain sketch that I, I pray, I pray that the video is finally released after a couple of years because we've been trying to get it out there. But an original Pinky in the Brain sketch done by Rob Paulson and Maurice LaMarche about Stan Lee and Comic-Cons. <laughs> that alone would have been worth the price of admission and anybody who missed it should kick themselves for staying home during New Year's Eve. But in the middle of it, and it was right after Ming-Na Wen did her bit, um, it was getting kind of late, and Stan was just a trooper. He's, we had him up on stage in this gorgeous throne that the production uh, got for him. And he says, I need to make a phone call. Because he would always call his wife, Joni, mm-hmm. every night mm-hmm. when he was out on the road. Right. And, and tell her goodnight. And I'm going to try to do the Stan voice again, because... the. Um, Stan's hearing wasn't great. The man was at the time turning 94. So we had to, we had on the fly, we had to basically bring a speaker up to the stage and put it right next to Stan's head so we could hear the horrible things that every roaster was saying about him. So (laughs) towards the end of it, he's calling Joni and he says, Joni, these people are being horrible to me. They're saying all these amazingly horrible things. And they're intimating that when you and I are having a violent lovemaking session, I yell out at the end, Excelsior. And he does this, and the whole crowd is just in tears. There's not enough oxygen in the room because everyone is laughing so hard. Ming-Na Wen fell down. She couldn't stop laughing. It was just amazing. And I, I mean, because Stan was not mic'd for this. So he put Joni on speaker on his iPhone, and I'm standing there while well, I'm kneeling next to his chair, his throne, with a, a wireless handheld mic. And I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard at all of this. And I'm sitting there thinking, I've never done a Q&A with Stan. I've met him a few times. His people have always been great to me. But if this is the closest I get to talking with Stan and getting this insight into his personal life, then I'm happy with it. I'm happy with this existence at this point. That's awesome. Yeah. I, that, that, that's just fantastic. My, uh, my wife and I, we were there. Um, I think we were on the third floor with our, our group, um, at that convention. So, mm-hmm. um, I, we, we heard, we heard things. I don't think we actually got to be at the roast, uh, when that was going on, but, um, yeah, the, the story the out. We we originally anticipated uh, 700 uh, ticket holders, and I'm pretty sure that if the fire marshal had come in, then he would have shut us down on the spot <laughs> because there there easily would have been 800 people in that ballroom. Right, right. Yeah, I mean it was it was certainly packed. I mean, like the vendors hall, the the exhibitor floor, all that stuff. I mean, it was, it was great. It was well done, and. Um, you know, we we had we had a fun time uh, being there and getting to meet everyone that we probably wouldn't have met otherwise at some of the other conventions. So, uh, for what it was worth, I mean, you did a really great job with organizing it, um, despite how everything turned out in the end. So, um, I appreciate that. Thank you. 
You bet. You bet. Um, so as we as we wrap up this wrap this up, um, I know you have to go here pretty soon. Um, is there um, this is a little bit more levity, but is there a favorite cameo that you have from the movies of his? God, um, it's hard to top the first one where he where Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark is passing by um, Stan outside the Disney concert hall as he's going to his benefit. And he says, hey, Hef, what's going on? And, of course, Stan's got two women, one on each arm, mm-hmm. and she looks like, what did he What did he just say? So <laughs> there was that look, you know, intimating that Stark thought it was Hugh Hefner. But um, the one at the end of Captain America's Civil War, where he's a FedEx delivery guy, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's handing off the, the, the flip phone uh, from Steve Rogers mm-hmm. to Stark, and I have a delivery here for Tony Stank. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. just his, his. I don't care what his delivery actually wound up being because it was the fact that it was Stan doing it. It, <laughs> it just mm-hmm. got me every time. And right. we keep hearing that there's that they that he actually did record one more cameo for the end of Avengers Four. And I hope that it's actually accurate because I would love to see him on screen one last time. I was I was just thinking that earlier, you know, how there's been this, um, I don't know if it's, it hasn't been a meme. It's just been like some kind of graphic out there where it's like, you know, you're going to go into a theater one day and, you know, you're going to be watching a Marvel movie and there's going to be a movie that's not going to have him in there. And, you know, whether it's, you know, the next Spider-Man movie or or whatever it is, you know, that time is coming. And I'm just, I'm grateful that we've had him um, in these movies and that he's made all these contributions and he's brought so much joy to so many people around the world. I couldn't agree more. Um, there is, there's a, there are now multiple generations, probably like three or four generations whose model, whose motto was make mine Marvel. And Stan was an amazing ambassador for the brand, even in his 80s and 90s. And God, if I live half the life that that man lived, then I've done okay. Right. Right. Well, um, I want to thank you again for for uh, hanging out with me today and um, answering some of these questions. Um, if people want to uh, follow you or you know get in contact with you, is there any way they can, whether with social media or otherwise? Um, on Facebook, it's Devin.Pike, D-E-V-I-N dot Pike, and everything else, it's just Devin, J-U-S-T-D-E-V-I-N. And uh, as Peter Capaldi said, Google it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Devin. Uh, it's been an absolute treat to have you here, and um, can't wait to, to see you at the next event. And um, anyways, thank you so much again. Really appreciate it. Best you. wishes, Chase. Thanks for having me. Yeah, take care. All right, so thank you, Devin, for those uh, comments. That was absolutely wonderful. Um, We have a few other stories that I wanted to share with the time that we have left. And I want to start off with uh, someone named uh, Paige Snell. Uh, She sent this note in, um, just some thoughts on Stan Lee and whatnot. And um, she says... I was introduced to Stan Lee in the Marvel Universe via the X-Men movies and comics in my early teen years, and I was instantly hooked. I noted that people who were unique and different were celebrated, and I loved that. 
it felt good to notice that people were encouraged to embrace what made them different. Uh, as I've gotten older, the X-Men series has remained my favorite. The themes of developing skills and gifts to use them to help others and to be there for others, even if they aren't on your side, is something I try to incorporate in my line of work. And the power of family, chosen or blood, has great influence on who we become. So um, those are great thoughts, and um, you know I, I completely agree with you on that. I think the X-Men, um, as you point out, um, is a great way to, um, to look at those ideas and what Stan was, was talking about, um, and, you know, what, whatever he, you know, and what he brought forth, um, as a result. So thank you, Paige. Uh, we have one last little story and then we will, um, go ahead and, um, wrap this portion up, uh, for this show. Um, this is from someone named Christopher Michael, and um, he's, he'd been talking about Stanley on some other forums and uh, things of that nature. Um, so he just decided to um, share the same thoughts um, here with the podcast for us. So uh, thank you for this, Christopher. He says, my story isn't by any means unique, but I think I can safely say that he saved my life. I deal with ADHD, was not particularly athletic, and struggled with both anxiety and depression. Back in school, I was severely bullied because of this combo, to the point where I can easily say I was the most hated kid in school, even the outcasts rejected and bullied me. That's not a good place for a depressive to find themselves. Stanley's creations are central to the few happy memories I have of that time in my life, it's why Spidey is my favorite hero, because it showed me a way of, it showed me a way out of and above the shitstorm that was my daily life. Um, thank you for for being honest and real um, uh, with me, and and for allowing your thoughts to be um, used in this way. I'm glad that you were able to um, find something through a creation. Um, uh, in Marvel that Stanley uh, did. I'm, I'm glad that uh, I get to interact with you in um, another podcast and another group. Um, so uh, thank you, Christopher, for sharing that. Um, guys, this this conversation doesn't have to end today uh, with you know you listening to this episode. Uh, you know there'll be other opportunities for you to talk about Stan if you want to. Uh, you can join our Facebook group and you can continue the conversation there. Um, you can also send in um, a message, a note, whatever you want to do. And um, I'll be happy to read that, to share that on the uh, Beyond the Frame section of this podcast. So um, anyways, thank you guys so much. Um, and remember to take care, stay dapper, and Excelsior! <laughs>